I'm Jason Klom, and this is the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. The year is 2014, the album. Folk hero, the artist, Nick Thune, and my guest is Tom Zawacki. Thank you for... I said it right. Please, please, did I... Zawacki, yeah. yes. You okay, did thank say God. Right. Okay, I was worried in the middle of it. I'm like, I heard Mark Evan Jackson say it a week ago. Did I get it wrong? Okay, good. Yay. That's funny. I was like, well, how would you know how to say it? But yes. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I found out about you, sir. Okay, first of all, I did not know that there were any comedians working in the prop departments of any TV shows I love, so that's exciting. <laughs> that's kind of cool. It yeah. makes sense, but like comedians, when you think comedian day job, mm-hmm. it's, you know, washing dishes. It's doing an office job. It's not Being a doing waiter. something creative. Yeah. Although I understand there's probably a lot of prop stuff that's maybe not creative still sometimes, but like it's pretty fucking cool. It's, it's more creative than a lot of the other jobs. Yeah. yeah. A lot of my other stand-up buddies, they have more regular like waiter, bartender jobs. Sure. And they're jealous of me because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you're so close. You're right there. I'm like, yeah, but that makes me like farther away. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, let's have the prop guy come be come a writer on, on the show. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, so I'm jealous that they have way more time right. being a waiter. Right. And they're jealous that I'm like so close to the shows <laughs> I work on, but they don't have to do 16 hour days sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Because the perception is always like, well, you're, you're right there. All you got to do is crack one joke and uh, you're on board. It's like, mm, it doesn't work like no. that. Because then it's like, stop trying. Uh-huh. Crew guy. Go back to being a crew guy. Crew uh-huh. guy. Uh-huh. I mean, people are nice, but yeah. Sure, sure, sure. I don't know one story where a guy has been like, oh, we should have that uh, We should have that dolly grip come like direct. Right, 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 right. <laughs> There's no jumping. There's no jumping. I will uh, tell you, things. the only stories I've ever heard of those uh, that are like that are just from the early days of TV, because I have interviewed at least two people. Now, to be fair, these guys... One of them was Jim Burroughs. The other one was, uh, oh my God, uh, uh, Jay Sandrich, who directed one of the greatest episodes in the history of TV. Literally, literally Jay Sandrich showed up in LA, went to the I Love Lucy set and said, are you hiring? And they said, sure. And he's now one of the greatest directors in TV of all time. Jesus. He just walked onto the, the lot. It was and, that easy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They needed people. So he just hopped on board. So it happens like that. Not that he didn't pay his dues, mind you, but he just got his job just like, no, cool. You hear those stories with like actors too. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I was on the lot for an audition. I just walked around, went to some Uh other audition Mm -hmm. because there was no like email system where they're expecting you. They're Uh just like, oh, I'm here for that. Well, it's like (laughs) how it used to be. Ah, boy, boy. The good old days? I yeah, don't... sure. I don't know. <laughs> um, so you picked this Nick Thune album, which is a delight. I love Nick Thune, but I realized as I'm listening to him, I've never actually listened to an entire one of his albums. Just maybe mm. bits and pieces or seen him on TV or heard him on podcasts. Mm-hmm. Why'd you pick this album? I mean, I forced you to because the other stuff you wanted wasn't on vinyl. But... <laughs> I forced you to. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. There was it, no, no offense to Nick Thune. It wasn't my uh, instant thought. But then I was like, all right, well, let me think of something that would be good that I really like and... Uh, it's, it's a very interesting, uh, album cause it's like, it's not really musical comedy. It's like, it's like a one-liner. He, he's very one-linery, which I do enjoy, uh-huh. but it'll be like one-liner and he'll just throw like a music bed under it, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is like, fuck it, man. If you could play guitar and you could right. do a neat little music bed mm-hmm. to make your one-liners pop a little more, you better do it. And, um, and it's also the other reason I picked it is. I'm not jealous of a lot of other comedians' jokes, but the joke I am most jealous of is in this album uh-huh. where uh, I'm not going to get the wording exactly, but he just goes, enough is enough. 
It's the same word twice. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, it took 180, however many years stand-up has existed for somebody to be like, enough is enough. It's the same word twice. Uh, and it's like, God, I'm so jealous. Yeah. There's a lot of that on here. I mean, that is that is perfect. That is, you're absolutely right. That mm -hmm. is like the perfect of those on mm -hmm. there. But there are a lot on here like, fuck. I wish I'd, I don't do stand-up at all, but I wish I'd have fucking written a lot of these jokes. A lot of them. He's so good. He's so good. I worked. I worked on a pilot. He was on the Dinko, and he was a nice guy. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, he was walking around CBS Radford. He didn't know where to go, and I knew where he was from the special. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh, you?" He's like, "Yeah, the table reader." He's like, "All right, it's over there." I was like, "Hey, man, I really liked uh, Folk Hero, by the way." Mm -hmm. and he had one of those really earnest, like, "Oh shit!" Like, really? Like, he wasn't expecting anybody oh. to bring up his stand up. And uh, I was like, yeah, I love that thing where you're, like, talking about the sign language lady. He's <laughs> like, I don't know, I guess he's just checking out the stool now. <laughs> and uh, I thought that was just such a good such a good thing, too. Oh, and it's weird because it's not, it's not really an hour. It's like a 43-minute yeah, yeah. thing, but it works. It's, it's, it's tight. Is it the same? Here's my question. And maybe you don't know, but uh, is the album the same as the, the special, the Netflix special? Is it exactly the same or no? I don't know. You don't have to know. It's okay because there's always there's there's always say, a chance it's totally different. That's true. I'm talking. I guess I'm talking about the visual album. Mm-hmm. I, I, usually, you would know better. But usually, if it's a special, they're just taking that same recording. Usually, right? but I just got a copy of David Cross's uh, America dot 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 great dot dot dot, which is his Make America Great Again mm -hmm. Netflix special, but it's different takes of it. It's different nights produced specifically for an album mm -hmm. so that happens yeah and i think the eddie murphy ones are also slightly different on occasion too so it's just like this is technically the same material but it's not always the same exact show but That's it's why a different I'm always curious. Night, a yeah, different, different night yeah so because you know uh, we're concentrating so much on you know the visual though not that the audio necessarily takes a a, a back seat but you know the audio is all it is when it comes to the album so that's true i did just talk about a very visual bit because in the in the netflix special uh-huh he just literally puts his back to the audience. Oh, he's really? playing with the stool. <laughs> I mean, you still get it because yeah, he's course. like, "Yeah, I go over to the stool." It's like, I guess he's looking at the stool now, and he's just like, he's on the ground. He's looking <laughs> at it. Uh, oh, there's a bunch of there's funny. There's a bunch of visual bits because he goes in the in the in the vinyl audio version. Did he do the like truth or dare thing with the guy in the audience? Yes, he does do truth or dare. Uh -huh. Okay, because then like because there's a guy who comes out and shows two pictures, <laughs> and I'm trying to think of how those jokes would translate without yeah. seeing them yeah yeah yeah. yeah. wait what is it see now here's the problem now mm -hmm. i have i'm now realizing i'm gonna have to look something up in the middle of the show which is totally seems rude but i'm now realizing my buddy peter is in at least one of his specials because he's a good friend of nick then and you're oh, now wow. yeah so now i'm gonna have to look this up as we talk i'm gonna have to pretend like we're talking about something else but i'm not this doesn't seem rude this seems necessary okay, good. i want all this kept in okay good well, going, well we never cut anything i'm out. going literally on record don't edit this <laughs> don't edit this at all <laughs> so when did you first hear of nick thune then so let's let's talk about that how far back do you go with a nick thune type I, I feel like he's one of the people i found uh back in the day just like flipping through comedy central mm-hmm I feel like he had a half-hour special. Yes, he did. And okay. that actually might be what my buddy was on. But yes, okay. 100%. Yeah, because I kind of miss those. But even though just the world is different where nobody flips through anymore. But, sure. Uh, that, like the first time I saw Patton or Todd Berry, mm -hmm. I was just flipping through. And I'm like, oh, whose who's half-hour is this? Yeah. Um, the first time I saw Joe Mandy, he had a, a half-hour special. And he's a writer on like three or four of the shows I've worked on. Uh-huh. Yeah, three, I noticed that. Yeah. Parks, uh, The Good Place, 
this Amazon show Forever that just came out. Okay. Like, so I keep running into him on things. That's it's funny. like, we can only work on the same stuff. <laughs> I worked on Kroll Show a little bit. I think he wrote for that. Oh, okay. Uh, I just kind of day played over there. You, yeah, you follow just, Manzukis a little bit, too, I noticed. You're you're on some Manz- a few Manzukis. Except Mike Sure, like, Universe Family, yeah. Mm-hmm. Manzukis has done all three. He's great. Comedy God. Of course. Oh, Manzukis. He was, he was fun on set. I can only imagine. For if we could deviate, I don't, you can cut this because it's your show. No, go ahead. When he, uh, for the Good Place fans, when he first came on as Derek. <laughs> um, so as a prop guy, uh, sometimes I'll I'll fill in for the prop person above me who actually like will hand the actors props. Yes. But with Janet, stuff has to appear, and that's literally just like us laying on the ground and like kind of giving it to her oh, behind sure, her sure, back. Sure, sure, sure. It's very low tech. It's like they'll cut that like pause out, but like we're right Love there, it. so she's not like stepping out of frame. Love it. And so when I, and I think it's Derek's first episode where he holds up that sign, he's like, "I can't stop saying Jason." Uh, so I'm just laying on the ground waiting for the moment to hand him that sign uh-huh. so he can grab it. But he keeps improvising because Manzuka says improv god, and I don't think it's in there because his name's like Derek Hofstetler, mm-hmm. and he keeps coming up with other names. And at one point he goes Derek Hofstetler. D.D. Esquire, dentist and a lawyer. <laughs> and I lost my shit. And the sound guy after that take, he's like, can you take your keys off? Because I'm laying on the ground and just my, like, holding my body, laughter, shaking. Oh, shit. Was making my keys on my belt <laughs> shake. I was like, no, totally. I get it. And I threw them away. Uh, that's a dumb good place story. That's I don't know how interesting. That is. <laughs> it's fucking fantastic <laughs> for me. Uh, Jason Manzugas, I will tell you, he, in terms of voices, is the one that got away. I cannot do the impression. I have tried for so long, but I think there's a net you have to have. You have to have that. I Nobody just really do does it. a Manzugas impression. Mm-hmm. I've been trying for a long time. I love his voice. Mm-hmm. It's singular. It's a weird part of Boston because it's not a typical Boston accent. It's not, no. Uh-uh. It's, it's, it throws me. But... Are you a Boston guy? No. Not at all. No, but I'm you're, from upstate you... New York. I just, I just, it's that is a voice. I'm a, I'm a voice guy, and that's a voice I've wanted to do for a long. Just Are you an impressionist? Uh, not like on stage, but well, no, that's a lie. Yes, on stage, just not as a stand-up. But okay. yes, yeah, I do a show each month where most of the time I end up doing an impression of somebody from an '80s or '90s movie. Like that's I've been Marty cool. McFly. I've been all those Scott Pilgrim. Built a time machine. I love it so much. I don't it's really my do thing to do. That's fine. You didn't say you did. So I used to do Hedberg back in the day. Really. Just because it was like easy, I thought. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna do it now. It's been <laughs> it's been like 15 years since I tried. And to, to do be it. fair, a headberg, a solid headberg, has got to have a visual element to it, also. Like. But it's a lot of that cadence because yes. you would pause. Fuck it, I'll try. Do what it. was it like? It's like uh, he's talking about putting like a spider in a jar, and he's like, "I'm gonna put you in a mayonnaise jar with a stick and a leaf." To recreate what you're used to or something. It's like all those pauses where I would want to just say that like whole sentence. Uh-huh. But he's a genius because he got like three laughs where it should have just right. been like one laugh at the end of the sentence. Oh, there's so and there's so much of that with like I mean Nick Thune doesn't do exactly that, but he um, Yes, good host. Bring us back. Yeah, no, that's I rarely do. This is a fucking landmark. <laughs> episode uh no but seriously like uh, there are things i'm listening to i'm like that shouldn't be a laugh line or laugh moment but he's he's milking it in in very professionally (laughs) like and uh he gets a lot of like expectation laughs or like you know where he's going but yeah he waits to deliver it until he's ready (laughs) it and that's one of those like you get to that level where it's okay 
to go slow. Like, mm-hmm. that's what's amazing about Tig. Yes. Tig, like, oh, goes so God, slow. Oh, God, I don't get how she does it. And I talk fast generally, mm-hmm. and so, like, the way I've tricked myself into, like, going slow on stage is if I'm doing, like, a 10-minute set, I will only prepare seven minutes. Okay. So it's like I'll get up there, and I'm like, hey, man, you got three minutes. Calm down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's always something to talk about with, like, crowd work or somebody doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, at open mic yesterday, uh, I had, like, three minutes left, and I, like, abandoned it. Because this girl who was talking and kept talking, mm. uh, and like the third time, I was like, why are you still talking? I noticed she had a baseball hat that said hashtag blessed. And I was like, cool, now I, the, the rest of my time is being <laughs> devoted to you in this hat. I, don't, I had stuff to work on. I don't care. You saw that hat. You put it on. You're like, this is a good idea. I'm going to go to a place where there's comedy. <laughs> And, like, just the joke of hashtag bless became hacky, like, eight seconds after everybody started making it. Uh-huh. And so, just, like, I was like, how old are you? And I was like, no matter what age you say, that's too old for mm-hmm. that hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I, that's how I trick Sometimes myself. life interferes with comedy. But he's great. He's great with that. I went, like, going back to Manz, I wish Manzukas would do stand-up. There's, like, not many improvisers right. that I think would be great. Because usually when you see an improviser do stand-up, they're sure. just doing one-person improv. Yeah, yeah. But he's just so... He's so good. Like seeing him in interviews. I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna circle this back to his yeah, accent. Yeah, yeah. Like the Pete Holmes show, which I enjoyed. Uh-huh. Obviously it's not around anymore. Oh, his talk show. His yeah, talk yeah, show. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. It All good. the clips are still up. Because he would just have friends on, they're not promoting anything. Mm-hmm. And he would just make he would always joke, All right, let's go to a break. And be like, You can't do that. And that's a real <laughs> thing. Uh, but he had he had Manzukas on talking about the Boston accent and he gave his like trick. For saying it, he's like, there's two words. If you say this word, it'll get you into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? It's like burglar and smuggler. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, if you just say those two words, it'll like help get you into the accent or something. And That's I always hilarious. That I just want to know very much. I very much want to know what his actual accent is. Could just be years in New York. You know, just developed away from a Boston accent. I know some L.A. people who are Bostonians, and they've become its own weird thing. This is not accent talk. I apologize. I don't know where that came from. Long story short, I love Jason Mansukas. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he's Boston. He's New York guy. He's been here. He's Derek. Accents fade. I'm from New York, and I have no accent anymore. Really? City or upstate? Uh, City. I was born in Brooklyn, lived in Queens. We Mm -hmm. were seven. We moved. But So I went back a lot until I was like 15. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, every once in a while, if I get really tired, or like sometimes if I'm drunk, uh, <laughs> but my girlfriend, she'll still be like, what? What'd you say? We were FaceTiming with my parents once, and I was like, no, dad, I don't want to do that. And she was like, do that. <laughs> uh, that was one. That doesn't usually get called out. What gets called out usually? Uh, oh, I don't say with, apparently. People always point out I say wit. Really? You want to come with me? We're going over there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like little words just like stuck. Mm-hmm. This is accent talk with Jason. It Lintop. really is, boy, oh boy. Because <laughs> now I, now like I, I don't think I've ever fallen back on my upstate accent, which is, I, and I know I have it because I have years of tape of me having one. But uh, yeah, it's it's. Do you, get to, do you get to watch it fade. Yeah. Semi real time. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, I did it on purpose, but yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did not want that. There's no pride. You can have pride in a New York accent, like a city accent. You can't have pride in an upstate New York accent. Remind me on the difference right now because I'm upstate New York is country like it's hick it's like not to say everybody is a hick but it's a hick accent like I've seen you up to the Walmart that is how people speak oh I seen you up to the Walmart <laughs> it's very much yeah y'all fix it to go that Walmart yeah almost that almost that bad how much is the meth I don't know how you would actually say <laughs> how much is the meth in the accent I've lost it like I said um so Nick Thune. 
Let's talk about his accent. Let's talk about Nick Thune's accent. His, his Seattle crazy accent. Seattle accent. Holy shit! That dumb Nirvana joke is also a brilliant, a brilliant <laughs> joke. Uh, just I'm gonna I'm gonna make. What, how does he? Did you have it in your head the exact wording? No, that's the problem. As, as you were saying it, yes. Yeah, I so don't just remember the it. exact wording. Ah, uh, it doesn't doesn't matter. He, he, hey guys, listen to Folk Hero and fast forward for slash real. real time. Get to his Nirvana joke. We're just gonna good. ruin them. That's the problem with one liners. Unless you know the exact wording of them, you can't explain them to people. Which is, I think, why Mitch Hedberg caught on because I feel like they were just like just infinitely adaptable for people. They just like or Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright has the same. Stephen Wright. Holy I have shit. a pony. Twenty five years later, <laughs> I still have a pony. Was <laughs> the name of his like two comedy albums. So so good. But Mitch Hedberg famously, like, uh, his Comedy Central special, like, mm-hmm. was went horribly or something. Yeah. Like, you know, that's your comedy mm. guy. But, yeah, I don't know if the world knows. And, like, they basically had to edit that thing together. No, to get Because he keeps, like, commenting on it. It just didn't go well. Because <laughs> he's one of those comics, like, you need the right audience. Yeah. You can't just show up and be like, hey, man, you're going to love this no matter who you are. And only the right audience is going to react well to a that didn't go well joke. Because that, sometimes that didn't go well and nobody gives a shit that you're acknowledging it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and even 15 years ago, I feel like the world wasn't as, uh, I guess, as trained or as smart when mm-hmm. it comes to stand-up. Like now, it'd be like, oh, okay, this guy's different. But like you sit down and you're like, where's my Seinfeld? Yep. Why aren't you talking about some stuff that's relatable? Right. Why are you being stoned talking about your roundabout <laughs> AIDS test or whatever? I wonder where I if if a, if the new Mitch Hedberg came around today and I sat and watched him, I wonder if I'd appreciate it or if I'd be that same dick who's like, I don't know, give me something I, I although like you know, Dimitri Martin's a little a little one linery Hedbergy for sure, but for he's sure. also like Nick Thune with yeah. musical stuff and yeah and laying laying down tracks on his one liners. Mm-hmm. His newer specials is crazy. Did I have not it? I have not seen that yet. Overthinker. Mm-hmm. Like he'll he'll have narration which is literally just his thoughts mm-hmm. where he'll be like all right cool what should i do now all right i'll go to the guitar and it just cuts oh my god it just cuts to him and now he has a guitar in his hand that's hilarious or as he's doing like one-liner stuff it'll split the screen and it'll have his drawings and it's just like you can't it's it's almost it's almost boring to have a regular stand-up special right now it's kind of weird i very much like the nick thune one though because it's it is just him playing guitar and him telling stories that some of which i know are real because he's told on podcasts like very much just like you know he did not go to college and just telling his yeah he mixes this real life shit with just these absurd like that whole bit where he's talking about as a young boy having a crush on another girl and then uh kind of trying to big brother her little brother and then he's yes. reading out the letters that he wrote to him that clearly <laughs> he's just trying to stalk his sister. Yeah. It's, but it's so brilliantly built because I didn't know where it was going at first. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. It's like it's sad and then it gets, yeah, it takes a nice turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like how he's like, my dad's here. He was too nice of a guy. It's like, fuck you, man. Like, give me give me something to rebel against. <laughs> Kyle Kinane has a, a Joe Cotta in the same way where he's like, my parents were too good. <laughs> Uh, I need I need some demons. <laughs> I love him so much. I feel like this is your comedy on vinyl podcast, and I keep talking about one hour visual specials. That's fine. Well, the th- I mean, at least ev- almost every guy you've talked about so far has had a vinyl album released. Manzukis uh, is on his fourteenth, Man- of course. <laughs> what would that be? Jesus, yeah, Jason Manzukis, please. If you release, even if it's one man improv, I'd be happy to watch whatever that is. I'm assuming he hasn't been here on the couch. No. Nope, nor, nor Mark Evan Jackson. Nor, I don't think anybody from The Good Place has done my... That could be wrong. That could be a complete lie. I'm trying to think now. No, I think that's right. I don't think anybody's done it. You can get people. Ted Danson hasn't done it, weirdly. I don't know. 
Ted Danson's a weirder cat. Mark Evan Jackson would do it. He's such a sweetheart. I that one of these days. Just he's a nice guy. That's a guy. Uh, there's another voice. You can only do it if you're up close to the mic. Can't. I don't have that. That he does not look like a man who should have that voice. And that's just his voice. Like it's, yeah. Like he's not like turning that on. It's not like in between takes. He's like, hey guys. Like, <laughs> no, he's a uh, he's yeah. It was like. I'm stumbling, but of course he was going to go places with that voice. Sure. And then just put, like, acting talent on top of it. I mean, it's so good. It's upsetting. Him as Sean. <laughs> I'm curious. Do you mm-hmm. have opportunity? So what's your job? Let's, let's, I want to go into the prop stuff a little bit. Let's do okay? it. Okay, because I did tell you that I was, like, fast. I'm fascinated by props. Which That's is what just got me so interested. Rare, so of course. And then you then to find out not only do you work in the good place, which I adore that you also worked on Parks and Rec, which is my second favorite show of all time. Only because news radio is always going to have been my first show. Favorite show. Number number two is not bad to that number Mm-mm. one. And I've seen it more times than I've seen any other show. So what what is your what kind of prop work are you doing? What uh, you're obviously handing Jason Manzoukas a sign to hold up. Yeah, so what is my title? My my title is just like assistant props or something. It's uh-huh. not that good. So the way the way it works out is uh, the prop master is the one like in the meetings in the office, like going to like tone meetings and like talking to Mike Sure and like finding out stuff when we need to make like Janet's sinkhole tool mm-hmm. or like Janet's you know magnetic bracelets or something else. Janet rule of threes in comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She'll like find out exactly what he wants and she'll go through all the versions of making it. And then uh, she'll, like, hand it off to the assistant prop master, who's the one on set, handing, like, the actors the props. Okay. And so um, so basically any anything that's a prop is anything an actor touches, but along with, like, rings and glasses and watches, stuff like that, like backpacks, uh, weird stuff. Like, let's say it's, like, a congressman, he has a flag pin, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and then so I am right under that person, so I hand all that stuff out. But to like background, so I deal with like okay. the background actors mostly. But if the system prop master isn't there, um, you know, I'll have that job. And so we just did this Amazon show forever. I was talking about short show, eight episodes. We were overlapping with like a movie and then going back to Good Place and all these other things. Wow. And so I think I did like half. I did that whole show, but I did half of it as the assistant prop master, being like, "Hey, Fred, here's your glasses. Mm-hmm. So man, my end. Here's your glass of champagne or whatever's in that show." It's a good show forever on Amazon, guys. Right. Out now, uh, and so I'll hand, yeah, I'll hand like background actor stuff. So on our show, whenever we're in the neighborhood, it's like all the fake yogurts and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, here's your badminton or your frisbee, or you guys are having a picnic. Um, is this answering your question? What yeah, I do? you're okay. absolutely answering yes. my question. That's why I was curious. And so sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll make stuff, but it's it's very rarely. Um, you know, if it's like a if it's like a crazy thing that you're like, oh, did you make that? It's like no. It's like <laughs> I made like a piece of paperwork. Like, <laughs> like I wasn't over That's there. That's the shit I'm interested in, though. Really? Yes, because well, I don't know why I don't have it. Oh, because it's in a scrapbook. I was an extra on Mad Men for a long time, mm. and everything I was an extra on, I tried to steal something from the set. So if you're ever on a crime show, folks, they have tons of very realistic looking documents. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mad Men, I have a letter that's typed up by Don Draper's assistant or whatever to Pepsi Cola Company. So that's the shit I'm curious about. Like, mm-hmm. what to what lengths are, are you typing shit up? Are you doing, uh, are you formatting the page? I'm, I no, literally no idea how that, actually, that shit actually gets made. So even, even though it is like a piece of paperwork, that'll mostly be like a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. Like something I did, and it's funny because you're having me on because of the Good Place podcast. Mm-hmm. I think I told a lot of these stories on there, so now I'm being bored. Because uh, yeah. we had to fill out notebooks for mm-hmm. 
for actors for a, yes. for a scene in a episode without being specific. And so I picked uh, Jason's character just to write in stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it's like I did like six pages and then we like copied them and then like taped them in to like make them notebook full. Yeah. So it's like I'll do stuff like that. But uh, it's like during a, like a hiatus week because we'll shoot for three weeks and then have like a week of like a hiatus just to like have everybody catch up and prep mm-hmm. during those weeks i'll like make stuff more but like as we're going like it's just like here's the thing put it out there you know i worked on veep and like there's a lot of like background press all the time and so yes. it's like here's you need your camera you need your microphone here's a badge like here's a notepad here's a handheld recorder like mm-hmm. or you have a still camera or you're like a local kind of like nightcrawler jake john hall guy here's your like mini camera mm-hmm. and it's like i have this cart i would roll around with and like hand it to everybody and it's like it's real stuff so i'm like cool i need that back mm-hmm. and like keeping Don't track of who has what and like taking their picture taking mm-hmm. their name down things like that and so it's uh it is a, it's a fun job it's a fine day job uh there are way worse day jobs absolutely and you know sometimes you get lucky and you work on shows like the good place and you get to watch you know Darcy Carden and Ted Danson just like do a whole episode in an office mm-hmm. that's sort of a bottle yeah. and then we get to drop a actual sub sandwich from like the roof and things it's like fucking that phenomenal because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was just curious about because when you're doing a job like that that is like assistant work I've done it uh, you always wonder do you get to use your sense of humor at all so at the very least as you say you got to fill out a notebook that's not bad did you get you know no, yeah, there's a lot of that. Like, uh, so when I worked on Parks and Rec, I was a set dresser. I actually wasn't in the prop department. Okay. But it's with the same prop people that I work with now. So sure. I met them on that show. The Union of Men, you could do both jobs because mm-hmm. they're similar. Anyway, but on that, there's a lot of offices. And so, like, you'll bring the stuff in, and then the set decorator will be like, all right, everybody just pick a cubicle, kind of make it look lived in, and then move on to another one. Mm-hmm. And if there's like three, four, five guys doing that, and we're all like, it'll all mix up to look right. Mm-hmm. And so I always tried to write jokes on post-it notes yes. about whatever was going on, like to-do lists, like uh, pick up my kids, uh, call my wife, uh, tell her I'm leaving her, call my side girl, like just like dumb mm-hmm. stuff because I can't just write boring stuff. It's more yeah. interesting to keep my brain alive. And so calling back to your thing with Mad Men, when you're when you're doing those sets, you like you just rent paperwork from like a prop house. Okay. You'll just rent like a dozen bankers boxes of paperwork and it usually just has like like nonsensical, nondescript stuff. Yeah. And there was a episode on Parks and Rec, we were doing a bullpen, we ran all this paperwork, and then I'm going through a couple of these files, and I'm like, There's a lot of pictures of the cast of Mad Men in here. <laughs> And it was like these weird prop continuity photos that were all printed out because they're all holding up their hands, showing their watches and their wrists. Holy and then shit. Uh, it was just like pages of that. I was like, I'm going to take a couple of these. Of course, <laughs> of course. And uh, everybody's like having a good time, mm-hmm. like, you know, being silly, like, here's my watch. And it was just like, That's oh, so how did this funny. get into this? And why is why are they red to get? Like, they had no idea. Yeah. Amazing. See, I didn't know where that shit came from because mm-hmm. I remember being so suspicious on one one show. Like, this looks like a real social security. Like, some of this shit looks real, 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 real. And you, you're, you're always wondering, is this somebody's real information? Probably could be. I don't you know. know. You never know. It's one piece of paper that could somehow get slipped in with mm-hmm. like their social security number. So fucking funny. <laughs> this is this is one of my favorites though. This is my Hell's Angels. Uh, I was in a- the Aviator. You cannot see me, but oh okay. The Aviator. Hell's. A- Speaking of Parks and Rec, I'm in a scene with Adam Scott and didn't realize it until years later. Ah. Uh, in with yeah me. I acted uh, along. Clapped. I clapped very well. Nice. Yeah. Compliment. Did you actually clap? Or I did, did have, you have yeah, to do no, the fake? actual clapping. They wanted oh. us actually, it was a very weird moment because I actually clapped and then the extra next to me was like, oh, your hands are red. You, you must be really strong when you clap. It was the weirdest flirt I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> She's a very sweet young lady, but I, 
I don't know what was happening. I had to wear a truss for that. I had to wear a corset. A truss? Is that uh, a yeah, male corset? I, I say a truss. That's actually a medical device. It's similar to a corset. But yeah, it was an actual corset. The most painful thing. I'm sorry, women. I'm not going to pretend like I deal with what you deal with every why day. Why did you have to wear it? Be so that we were 20 shape in the tuxes we were wearing. 20 they, shape? Yeah, they wanted us to look what was fashionable, fashionably thin that men were supposed oh, to. Oh, just yeah. everybody was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that it worked because I eventually just undid it because nobody <laughs> noticed. Who gave a fuck? And then I stole that from the set. It was a good time. It was a very good time. You're like a professional thief. Basically, I stole a robe from the set of house. That, see, that's getting ballsier than just I like was a angry piece of paper. at wardrobe that day, and I'm I'm not justifying what I did. Uh. But I did steal a Calvin Klein robe from the from the set of Oh, it's not like it said house season seven. No, no, no. It was something I was supposed to wear. They made me uncomfortable, so I thought I was justified as a young angry man to steal a robe. Hey man. You gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta do. It's I, not like you're stealing cars. No. I mean not anymore. I worked on the Fast and the Furious three. I that think, is true. I did I not steal a car though. There was one Fast and Furious I did like three days on as mm -hmm. like a second unit PA. Uh huh. Might have been three. Yeah. It was a Tokyo Drift. Ago. No, I don't know. Four, two. I don't. It was a. There are a lot of them. I've worked on a lot of things. Uh huh. In my twelve years in this town. Uh huh. And then the ones I've done days on, I just don't remember. Sure. Anymore. Have you been thrown into background on any of the shows you're on regularly, like Parks and Rec or Good Place, anything like that? No, uh, they like they won't. <laughs> it's well, yes. So not really in the background. Okay. This also came up in the Good Place podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, they they actually threw me in. I think it's episode two mm -hmm. of season two of Good Place. Mm -hmm. uh, for the Good Place fans, it's like a montage where they're going through Eleanor's soulmates. <sighs> Right. And yes, Mark Evan Jackson brought it up. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just one of the producers is like, oh, the people we picked aren't that weird looking. Mm -hmm. Do you want to jump in there? And I was like, hell yeah. And so now I'm Lurf. It's amazing. Lurf. Did you, now I'm trying to remember, did you get to keep your natural, wonderful hair for that shot? Yes, that was, that was the whole reason. Good. I, it's amazing hair. Like, it's really silly. It's good hair. It's what my hair does. Good. It's it's the joke I always make when people are like, how do you get your hair to do that? I was like, I use this really rad product called Ethnicity, <laughs> where I wake up and my mom's brown, and so it does this. Because <laughs> it's tall and it's stupid, and I don't know, Tom's a wacky, you can find it somewhere, <laughs> people who are listening. But it's, uh, it's, yes, I have a choice, if I don't want this, I can shave my head, but I look like scary with a shaved head. And I could go like halfway, but like halfway fro is just like, what are you doing? Right. I gotcha. It used to be much bigger. This is like the toned down, barbered version. It's good. I have pictures from I don't know, eight, ten years We're ago. We're all over the place, and I apologize. We're, we've talked about your hair. We've talked about me stealing things from sets. There's just a lot to talk what about. What else are we going to talk That's about? That's very true. With understanding accents with Jason and Tom. <laughs> episode one. This is the offshoot. <laughs> Uh, I'm curious, like, what, so when you actually got into stand-up and, like, what you were listening to or, or watching, you might not have listened to albums as a kid. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious what you grew up with in terms of comedy. I would say those those half-hour Comedy Central Presents mm -hmm. was uh, was definitely, like, an early thing. Even though, let's say, ten years before that, being, like, a little kid in New York, when your parents were like, oh, what do you want to be? And you're like, oh, fireman or baseball player the first thing i said was like stand-up comic i guess awesome which is super dumb i don't even know what i would have seen <laughs> at like six or seven to say that what Eight. i saw on tv <laughs> i guess i remember seeing uh cosby's himself at a very early age uh -huh. where he's like sitting and it's weird to talk about that album now yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it's factual for the timeline sure. i remember seeing that and being like oh this is cool 
And as a little kid, I'm like, he's sitting. It's called stand-up. Mm. Interesting. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was... That, my, my thoughts don't go much farther than that now, but that was them <laughs> at their limit then. Uh, but the Comedy Central half hours, um, it's like I very vividly remember like certain comics and then certain jokes. Like Dave Attell, I remember seeing his half hour. And he's like, I don't know, you get bored, you know what happens? Weird stuff. Penis in the fish tank. I can't explain it. <laughs> it's like, again, I'm getting the wording wrong, but I remember that one. Like, I remember Todd Berry's talking about, like, oh, Brad Pitt. All the women are like, I would, I would love to have sex with Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, oh, man. It's like, but what all these women don't realize is Brad Pitt would never fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember Todd Berry's bit on Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember I remember Galifianakis's oh, coming so out. And uh, and it's funny because he did this like years later hosting SNL. Mm-hmm. He's like, give me the high school drama coach. Or like talking about like his outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just remember seeing all these half hours and that really. And again, like Louis can't talk about these people now. It's weird. But mm-hmm. I remember seeing his and being like talking about like reading his watch and like how weird it was before he talked about his family. Mm-hmm. But during all the bad stuff he did. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's yeah. stay away. I feel like, <laughs> feel like this, this is a more lighthearted podcast. Yeah. When did you start doing stand-up then? Seven, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. That's Close. relatively recent for how long you've been in the business and for whenever you discovered you loved comedy. So I'm just curious, what made you get up to do it? True. So I moved to, like, I went to, like, an art school for, like, video production or film oh, in so Seattle. I'm sorry. Me too. Yeah. And so I moved out here and having high hopes of being writer-director guy. Mm-hmm. And after about a year of living here, just being a PA on reality shows, because this was 07 and the reality here. boom. Same here. Uh, I was like, oh, I'm not being creative at all, and I want to scratch that itch. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to do what the rest of my buddies were doing. Is like, oh, we're all PAing, and then on the weekend, come help me make my short mm-hmm. for free, and then we'll all go back to work Monday. I was like, how can I be creative in a way that involves nobody else? Mm-hmm. Like, just do it by myself. And I was like, oh, I always wanted to try stand up. Mm-hmm. And so there was like a year probably of like sort of regularly, little on and off of just like writing jokes. I still write in the same Word document because mm-hmm. um, it has whatever date on it. I forget what it was, but it was about eight or nine years ago. Um, and it took about a year for me to get the courage to, like, go to an open mic. Okay. Because I kept just writing and writing. And then I went, not with the, like, intent of going, but I'm like, let me just go. Yeah. Let me just watch. And everybody was garbage. And I was like, oh, I'm at least, I'm at least that bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to a club that's not around anymore. Or it's around, but it's a new building. The mm-hmm. the HaHa in North Hollywood, they have a new building. Oh, they moved? I didn't know that. They moved, like, down the street okay. to a building that's, like, better and bigger but still dumb in the way the ha is uh-huh. no offense to the ha but you know what you are <laughs> um and then that's when it starts so i started going to open mics and uh after a bunch of time at open mic and somebody was like hey do you want to do a bringer show and then just stuff happens that's awesome it's all right i'm still <laughs> i'm still not where i want to be by any means but you know it i i like to think i'm in that nice window where i'm good but nobody knows who I am yet. Like, mm-hmm. I've, I've asked to, like, other guys I know who book shows. I'm like, hey, can I go on that show? And they're like, oh, no, you're totally funny enough, but nobody knows who you are. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that seems so backwards. Mm-hmm. But in this current, like, used to be like, oh, you're funny. Just do the stand-up show, and then things happen. Sure. But it's like, where are your handful of, like, acting credits on New Girl and Fresh Off the Boat? Mm-hmm. And then you can come be on my show. Sure. It's so weird. It's like, oh, just being good at stand-up isn't enough bringing it back to Hedberg. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, can you write? Write me a script. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you do all this work to get good at this thing. And they're like, cool, man, what else? What else you got, dude? Uh-huh. What's that? What else is in that bag of 
bag of tricks. <laughs> you tell them joke's good and your hair's stupid, but that ain't enough. Can you recite these words? Can you sound like another person? I don't know, kind of. I'll still sound like Tom. I can't be like a historical character. I, I can know. do a redneck accent. <laughs> Y'all fixing to go to that Walmart upstate? <laughs> well done. That's good. That's, that's some solid upstate work right there. <laughs> Very happy to hear that. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, because I don't, I, uh, I don't know that I've ever that often interviewed somebody who's, I want to say, only eight years into their stand-up career. But like, it's it's not that often, it's, and I, I guess, kind of cool. Isn't that a short amount of time or a long amount of time? No, uh, no. Uh, a you short did air quotes on only. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, only because like to me, that's a long time to be doing a thing. But I know how stand-up works. So yeah, it yeah. takes forever to fucking ramp up, you know. <laughs> and so like that is that's fresh keep trying to creep towards that tenure when everybody says something will happen <laughs> 10 years 10,000 hours and then just something at least you're not waiting it out <laughs> just sitting around waiting no for I'm, that I'm actively not waiting it out like I, a handful of years ago because you look like this big dumb silly ethnically ambiguous idiot like mm -hmm. I do again Tom's Wacky google me Tom'sWacky.com because uh, we're talking about how I look a lot mm -hmm. and it's a dumb website well they'll see the photo we're going to take a photo okay I don't know how photos work with an audio format i'm an so idiot if there's a blog don't i get worry, it you're I'm, fine. I'm, I'm like ramping up my stupidity but only mm -hmm. slightly okay uh, <laughs> uh my actor friends are like how do you look like this but you don't act you definitely gotta go do stuff so i got a uh commercial agent and it's been about two years with no bookings mm -hmm. and uh bring it back to manzoukas again at the rap party i was talking to jason manzoukas and mark evan jackson and uh about how i don't book anything but I go out for Jason Manzuka's types very often. Funny. And Mark Evan Jackson was like, we have to tell Jason. I was like, oh, that's where he's like, we have to. He'll love it. Uh -huh. And then he was talking about how when he first came to this town, some casting director was like, you're great, but like, you're not going to get, no, it's going to be like 10 years till people put you in something. Yeah. And it was like eight years later or something. And he got the league. And even though I'm, I am after him popping, it's still... Like, I'll, I'll get to that point of being uh, on a veil, which uh -huh. is like it's down to you or somebody else, mm -hmm. for the people who don't know, for this commercial. And I'm like, great. And then it's just never me. And I always assume they're just like, oh, let's go with the blonde-haired, blue-eyed, mm. white dude. Uh, so there's that. What is this? Is me answering you or me trying? <laughs> and the other thing I do, so I was like, okay, hopefully I'm funny in stand-up. Here are my words prepared. If I ever booked a commercial, here's me being funny in your words yeah. prepared. I need, like, a third thing. That shows like that I could riff and improvise, but not at all being an improviser who's ever taken a UCB class. Mm -hmm. So I started this web show a couple years ago called Would You Rather with Tom Zawacki, mm -hmm. where we play Would You Rather in my car. I have a little wheel that is spun in between us. There's like categories on the wheel. There's a little question tape behind it. I saw it's pretty good. Oh, you watched yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's little, it. little GoPros. So I was like, oh, I need to show that I could just be funny. Yeah. Hanging out and riffing. And so, it's just you gotta try. You gotta try all the things. Mm -hmm. And then yep. every once in a while, somebody's like, "Oh, I saw your thing." I'm like, "Neat." <laughs> you should do seven years of a mid-level podcast that nobody pays you to do. That's what you should do. That'll really seven get you work. Well, you've had a bunch of guests. I, I've I, had a bunch of guests. It's true. I've had, I've had, a, I've had a couple of, of Jim O'Hare was on your show. Jim O'Hare was on. He's a sweetheart. Great. I was in a short film with Jim O'Hare not long ago. How much of the nicest man is he? I don't know because he was a voice in it. I didn't actually get to meet him, but uh, I'm technically in it. <laughs> You weren't supposed to ask that question. I'm sorry. Because then it's like, you know, I was on a show with John Hamm. I was an extra on Mad Men. This is a very similar situation. You can see my face. You can hear Jim O'Hare's voice. It's good. He's a newscaster in it. You can you can see my face and see Jim O'Hare's face and hear both our voices Yes. in this webisode. 
Would you rather with Tom Zawacki? <laughs> so that's the one you watched, I'm assuming? No, I watched a different one. I just found out a minute ago that well, oh. right before we started, I was like, oh, Jim O'Hare. Well, shit, I want to watch Which that one. Which one did you watch? Uh, it was somebody whose name I didn't recognize. So it was a buddy of yours. Okay. Oh, was it Jordan Olds? Was it the most recent one? Beard? Glasses? Yes. That sounds right. I'll take this moment to plug my buddy show. Okay. Two Minutes to Late Night on YouTube. Okay. Uh, he hosts a like a metal-themed talk show where he plays a undead talk show host <laughs> called Gorsinio Hall. And it's amazing, and it's it, two minutes to late night on YouTube. Jordan, this is for you, buddy. It's a good it's a good thing. That is awesome. Uh, but he came on my thing. Uh, yeah, I had Lynn Shelton, a director, mm -hmm. Lynn Shelton, mm -hmm. who was one of my teachers in Seattle. Uh-huh. And then we re-met on The Good Place, season one. That's she was amazing. directing an episode. That's amazing. And I was like, oh, hey, from school. She was like, what? And then <laughs> she came on my thing. That's awesome. I feel like you ask questions, and then 20 minutes later, I'm done answering them. So by the time mm -hmm. I'm ramping down my, my, my talking <laughs> uh -huh. with my dumb voice and my word words, I'm like, what What are we doing? What was he asking? And Don't then worry. I pause, and then you're just like such a good host, and you're like, another oh, thing. No, not at all. Believe me. Uh, this is this is a good day for me. Uh, this is the best I've ever been. I feel like this isn't a bad episode, but it's not at all the show that you usually do. Is that fair? No, it is, because that's the thing. is We get derailed, and I'm bad at re-railing, if that's a word. Okay. Um, putting back on on rails said train mm -hmm. so nick thune nick thune god damn it it's such a good album though because i don't want to that's the other thing is i don't want to undersell it so i want to make sure that the people who were here to listen to, to us talk about nick thune <laughs> understand a it's a very good album b that is like the style like it's music underneath it he at no point does he actually sing he does say i'm going to do a song <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of does one uh-huh where he's yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, that how does he set it up? This is the problem. Like trying to sell somebody else's work when it's that simple. It's a song for a dog, and it's just him playing. And then you realize it's it's just him whistling, and this this very yeah. sweet whistle is him whistling for a fucking dog. Yeah. And at the end of it, he just says, "Here, girl." Here, girl. It's so dumb. And it, but I mean, it's just it's that it's the, none of the tracks are that long. Not only is it a short album, but none of the tracks are all that long. He doesn't stick with a bit for seven minutes like some people. Uh, how like, does it lay out track-wise? Is there like 48 tracks, or is it like no, 14? It's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of a dozen, I would say. Uh, is this like a, like a iTunes purchase? or uh, uh, Where can the people find Nick Thune's Folk Hero if they would like to hear this album from oh, anywhere, 2014? Buddy, you, better, you better buy it on vinyl if you're listening to my fucking podcast. Comedy on songs. vinyl. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, iTunes, the app, is where you get all the best vinyl. I know it's on Spotify, but I don't have, like, full Spotify, so I I might have listened to it through a place where I could get it for I free. have Oops. a Spotify app downloaded with my girlfriend's account on it that mm -hmm. she has used twice. Mm -hmm. That is the extent of my Spotify. That's mm -hmm. fine. Grandpa's a wacky over here. <laughs> it's like... 12 tracks. It is 12 tracks. Oh, okay. The, 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 the final one is actually 10 minutes, but the rest of them uh -huh. are... You know, okay, a lie. One is seven dollars, but that's uh, seven dollars, seven minutes. That's <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is a this is a fucking bang up show. Hi, I've interviewed Harry Shearer and Tommy Chong. Uh, Dear Daniel is a uh, seven minutes. That's the longest of the other ones, oh. and that deservedly so because it's all the it's just several letters, several bullshit letters that he wrote that yeah, end up yeah. turning him into a creep. He here's the thing about Nick Thune is that he is delightfully inconsistent in terms of I don't know what kind of joke he's going to do next. He's not inconsistent yeah. in his level of humor, but I could never yeah. compare him to somebody else. You and I are sitting here saying, oh, he's a one-liner comic, but also he's not at all in some of the best no, tracks in that. You yeah, know what I mean? He does a lot of great one-liner jokes, but it's so mixed. He has a character. That character is a bit of a, not smarmy, bit of an, he comes across as an ass, but not a 
bad person. He comes across as a guy who's a bit of a smartass, who's like who wants to fuck with you and is enjoying it every time you are tricked. Those are those are spot on, and those are two big reasons why I liked it because mm-hmm. I th- I think I do that a little bit with with my comedy where where hopefully you never know where I'm going next because the audience is so smart you don't need segues anymore. Mm-hmm. You can just okay. stop talking and start talking again about a completely different topic. Yeah. And there are like old school comics who still have that whole hour that seems to flow where one story and joke goes into the yep. next, but you don't need to. And there's com- like Sarah Silverman doesn't really do that anymore. Mm. I think she even says like segues don't matter. Like <laughs> something like that, one of her many specials. But I, I like that. And then also being like a little mean to the audience because I also like Bo Burnham and like Bill Burr and like sure. other comics where it's like, all right, shut up. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> like in, uh, in Bo Burnham's Make Happy special, like he turns the lights up for a while and then uh, he's like, all right, put the lights down. Their faces creep me out. Like, <laughs> like I just like it when, when uh, you're mean to the audience. I, I do that. I had a show recently where... Uh, it was towards the end of my set. It was going very well, and then all of a sudden they were like derailing and like yelling stuff out. I'm like, oh no no, you don't need to help. I got this. Mm-hmm. I think I've proved it. Mm-hmm. I got this. Just just sit back and be quiet and enjoy this because I'm really good. <laughs> and stop interrupting. <laughs> and then afterwards, my friend's like, you're mean. I'm like, yeah, you can be a little mean. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you have to establish a rapport where it's obvious what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there there are there are bad comics who don't know how to establish that. I've seen. That's why I don't go see a lot of stand. I have a lot. I have a big trouble. I have a comedy, a podcast about comedy albums, mm-hmm. and through the listening to some of the five or six hundred that are sitting in here, Crazy. you realize that most of them are bad. Most comedy <laughs> albums are not good. Especially why, why do you say that? Because they're bad. Either they age poorly, or the uh, comics. That, that a lot of a these lot. are like no insult to local comics, but like a lot of these old local comics are like, all right, so this homo was doing this, and it's like, okay, you know, times have changed, but also that wasn't yeah, the yeah, most yeah. creative thing you could have said about a gay man. Uh, so, you know, it's 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 a weird, I don't know. A lot of comedy albums just aren't good. They don't hold up, which is fine. I yeah. like listening to them and finding something that is not good. Uh, I have more trouble paying money to see a live stand-up show, somebody experimenting, sometimes, unless they're brilliant. That's why I always recommend the comedy store to anybody because yeah. they have a good system where it's not like the improv or the laugh factory. They'll be like a host with like three or four comics. Mm-hmm. You get like an open middle headliner. The comedy store, they're open like seven days a week. You go, and if you go to the main room or the original room, the belly room, sometimes the smaller shows, but they'll just cycle through comics. Everybody gets 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. There is no host. Whatever comic introduces the next comic. So it'll be Whitney Cummings up there, and she's like, who's next? All right, cool. All right. Uh, this next comic, you know him from uh, Mad TV and Love on Netflix. Get it for Bobby Lee. And it's like you just mm-hmm. introduce the next comic and it's fine. Yeah. And uh, and it's great to go because I was like if somebody's visiting, I'm like, go there because you'll see somebody you know. And if you're seeing somebody you don't like, it's only 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You can go pee and come back and they're almost over. And it's, it's yeah. Yeah. Comedy store. They need my help, of course. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're suffering right now, guys. The comedy store had said that they need my help. See, I should probably spread my wings a little because I'm just so close to Flappers. That's the only place I go see. Basically, if I know Jimmy Pardo is going to perform, mm. I'm just going to go see Jimmy Pardo. That's. Uh, but the thing is, that's uh, I've got good taste at least in terms of that because he's consistently funny. Yes, Flapper, you can walk there. Yeah, it's great. From here, yeah, 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 yeah. it's pretty nice. Let's give out your address. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> so here are my cross streets, and then you can figure it out from there. Apartment number, <laughs> all the things. Uh, no, Flappers is good. I haven't done a show there in a while, but mm-hmm. uh, no, it's a good spot. Yeah, it's not bad. I like how they have like two stages. Yeah, sort of comedy store model. Don't like the name. I've never liked the name. It's bugged me. I didn't know since. what a Flapper Girl was. Oh, you didn't? Okay. Until my like sixth show there, and then somebody was talking about it, and I was like, oh. How is that stand-up? Really? 
Because I thought it was just like, flap your gums, or... Right. I thought it was like a corny... That makes sense. ...thing. I don't know. I mean, it's... I don't... Like, what, are they going to change their name? No. <laughs> no. No. It's not going to happen. Right. Uh, do, so, did I, I did not already ask you this. What's your favorite bit on this Nick Thune album, Folk Hero? You didn't ask me, but I said it. The Enough is Enough. Oh, yes. Right. Okay. I'm yeah. just so jealous of that. The enough is Enough, and then a close number two is... When he's talking about how there was a lady there to do sign language for one oh, guy, so and good. he just goes to the stool, and he has his back to the audience, so the the one deaf guy can't see those lips are moving, and it <laughs> sounds like she's just talking to him. It's like I don't know. I guess he's just looking at the stool now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really liking the show right now. Are you? Whatever he's doing, <laughs> as if she's just talking to him. It's that's that's a brilliant bit. Which is like a newer thing. I've heard other comics talk about it, where they have like somebody there to do sign language, mm-hmm. and they're just on the stage, yeah, with you, and it's, it's well, that's, gotta be distracting. It's so weird because I listened to a podcast earlier to this week, at least, where I heard somebody talk about that exact same phenomenon. Not doing a bit about it, mm. but talking about that and the delay and the weird. De- oh, it was Graham Clark on Stop Podcasting Yourself. Mm. He had the same thing. Just a weird delay, just a couple seconds delay, but you're like, wait, where the fuck? I, I don't know where they're laughing. I feel like nobody else can do a bit about it now because Nick Thune just. Of course, yeah. I was going to say ruined it, but, like, <laughs> nailed it so well, uh-huh. it's ruined for everybody else. I don't yeah. know what to say. <laughs> um, so, here's what I like to say, have people do towards the end of this. Why listen mm. to this album? Maybe you haven't ever heard of Nick Thune album. Maybe you've only seen him act. Or, I don't know, give people a reason to listen to this thing. Yeah, because that was another thing, like... Because uh, other people I'd thought of, I, I would say, are, are slightly bigger names. Mm-hmm. Nick Thune is definitely a headliner, definitely a big name. He's had a couple of hours come out. Um, but I don't think he's, like, as big of a household name. And he's great, and he's hilarious. And uh, and it's, like, it's not like whoever comic we were talking about earlier where it's like, okay, this is enough for... Like, Nick Thune is like, all right, if you if you want to laugh, this dude is hilarious and you'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially Folk Hero, Nick Thune Folk Hero. I think everybody will enjoy it. And, I mean, this is probably more of, like, a, a, a smarter comedy audience where they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, we know Nick Thune, go fuck off. <laughs> and I saw this in 2014, <laughs> but if for, by some reason, nobody has heard this, you know, I'm not picking a obscure New Zealand comedian from the 60s. Right. <laughs> that, of course, nobody's heard of. Uh, but still... I, uh, words? <laughs> well done. Well done. Um, so, thank you for doing the show, number one. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, number two, where can people find you? You've uh, prom- promoted quite a bit, but I'm going to let you do it again at the end. Lo- lo- load it all in. Website, Twitter, mm. anything. I don't want to say anything coming up because I don't know when this is coming out. So, That's unless fine. you've got something super urgent, in which case I'll, try- I'll do my best. But, no, no, uh, it's fine. Uh, yes, I've, I've, I guess I've already talked about my dumb stuff already, but I'll do it again. Yes, TomZawacki.com. Uh, that's the website where it has, you know, it has some, like, stand-up bit up there, but that's mostly the place to go for the Would You Rather web show, which mm-hmm. is also on YouTube. I have a Twitter, but I don't really like Twitter. Okay. Twitter's Twitter's really blowing me out, mm-hmm. so I don't think I've posted anything on Twitter in forever. But Instagram, at TomZawat, T-O-M-Z, what? Mm-hmm. Which is a callback to my friend Natalie. When she first heard my name, Tom Zawacki, she was like, oh, it's Tom Zawacki. She goes, Tom's a what? And I was like, I like it. Perfect. I don't know why. And mm-hmm. I made an Instagram like the next day when I was like, what should I make it? Perfect. At, at Tom's a what? <laughs> and to be, let's, let's make Z-A-W-A-C-K-I. That's just Look so everybody knows. You. So, yes. Because otherwise, because here's the thing I was just thinking, if you were a comic in the 80s, 
There would be so much play on that last name having wacky in it. You realize this, right? I wish you were in the wrong 80s, because it happens now. Okay. <laughs> so when I when I do shows mm-hmm. and you're backstage and it's like, oh, what do you want me to say? When you're not like a household name, where it's like, obviously mm-hmm. you know this guy from whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, what do you want me to say? I'm like, you can say whatever you want. Make fun of my hair or my beard or anything. Just don't say. This next comic is really wacky. Mm-hmm. Give it up for Tom's a wacky. Yeah. And then every once in a while, when you tell somebody not to do that, they're like, hey, man, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool, fuck you. And then they go on stage and they bring Woof. me up that way. Woof. And it's just like, now I got to work out from this. But it's it's like, fine, I'll, I'll make some joke about, like, whoever. And then mm-hmm. just keep going. Yeah. yeah. Got to embrace it, man. It I'm is... not saying embrace that shitty joke, but... I mean, I guess I've embraced the name. Yeah, of course. I, I guess I don't name. have the self-esteem enough to change my name. That would be a weird thing to do. But I mean, it everybody is, does it. But it is a thing where people think I changed my name for stand-up. Yeah, right. They're like, oh, it's wacky because you do stand-up. But I'm not like That'd Rainbow Suspenders up there being a wacky type of comedian. Yeah. I'm up there kind of just being like bummed about whatever and and like doing a good mixture of self-deprecation but also being like, hey, audience, shut up. I got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Why would you change your name to that? Like a, an almost like a. It sounds like it might be a funny name. Like it's like yeah. You change it to Tommy Fart Noise or something. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't be bring it up for Tom. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I would change it to. I, I mean I can't. Don't. I'm stupid. But. Don't ever change it. It's good. Um, I'm gonna quickly promote. Go to CelerySoundRecords.com. That's my little baby uh, comedy record label. That has the Paul Dooley album uh, uh, booked solid. His 1961 album we re-released this year. Um, uh, Super fun. It's the thing we sell, actually sell. People actually buy it. So go check that out. CelerySoundRecords.com. And I don't know when when our next show is, but come see me in a drinking game. Uh, Usually at Acme Hollywood in in Los Angeles. I know it's weird if you're in the UK, but come out and see me. That's fine. I don't give a shit. Do you have a big UK audience? Uh, Don't know. Oh, do you just throw out UK? No, we do have the UK. I was thinking about it oh. today. We do have some audience in the UK because we talk about Monty Python and some other nerdy shit enough mm. that uh, we just had Neil Innes on the show, who was a genius and who was in the Holy Grail and who actually wrote a Python sketch and who da 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 da. Good nice. stuff. Yeah, this is a very good podcast you're on. Um, <laughs> it is. The only thing I left to say is thank you guys for listening and as always, have a good thing. <laughs>It helps. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Comedy on Vinyl, or find everything in one place at ComedyOnVinyl.com. A major portion of Comedy on Vinyl has been underwritten by Stand Up Records. Please visit StandUpRecords.com for all your comedy needs, and tune in to the new Stand Up Records channel available on the Roku, where you can also find select episodes of this podcast. Visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, watch videos, and imbibe freely of our multimedia content going back 15 plus years.